Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in Coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Welcome, everybody, to the SI Media Podcast. I am your host, Jimmy Trena. Big show this week. We have ESPN icon Chris Berman for one hour. Touches on so many things, uh, sort of his limited role now at ESPN NFL primetime um, gets into the nicknames and how he was once told he wasn't allowed to do them, which is a good story. So many things we cover a lot of ground in that interview. Hopefully you enjoy it. We didn't spend a ton of We didn't get into like specific nicknames. I just, I wanted to get into this story where um, he was told once he wasn't allowed to do the nicknames. My producer, Lou Pellegrino has a good ES, uh, Berman nickname, that's his favorite. What is your favorite again? Oh, it's Jason Hockamy, a former very obscure left-handed pitcher for the New York Mets. His nickname was Jason Hockamy Be Lovers If We Can't Be Friends. That's and a I great one. thought it was so funny because I think there was a, God, I can't believe I know this, but I think there was a Michael Bolton song out around that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that was the name of the song, How Could We Be Lovers If We Can't Be Friends. Yes. And it was Jason Hockamy Be Lovers If We Can't Be Friends. And it was cool because he was a lefty pitcher that the Mets brought up. He was good in his first two starts. I believe he was traded to the Royals in some big deal. And, right. uh, you know, it's just something that sticks with you over the years. And, you know, I know there are a lot of detractors out there that, oh, he's become a cartoon character. Or he's a little too loud. And he even says that during the interview yeah. that, you know, you know, am I being too loud? Sometimes I am. And he takes, you know, critics. Uh, he listens to them because, you know, he, he wants to know what his audience wants. But there was nothing like watching ESPN back in the early 90s when they had everybody and the nicknames and the fun scripts and everything. So this is a really fun interview. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I didn't mention that at the top. He does address critics, and he actually, I was 
surprise, he he gave him. I didn't bring it up. He gave the specific knocks against him, so he is aware. Um, I I could not pick a favorite Chris Berman nickname, but another good Met one. It was a Met Cardinal. Was Bernard innocent until proven guilty? I always liked that one. Um, yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, we didn't do this with Chris. We just he just told us about us. Back in the mid mid eighties, this could have been a three hour podcast yeah. if we decided to go through all of them. And I figure people have heard enough of them. But right. the, the, it's very interesting when he addresses the critics and his his stuff on uh, the old NFL primetime is is very interesting as well. Uh, I do want to thank everyone for the feedback on the podcast last week with Jim Cornette. Um, I think the most positive feedbacks I've gotten on podcasts so far: John Sterling and Jim Cornette. So it goes to show you that I think you guys like characters. Um, Go into the archive if you're a wrestling fan, if you haven't listened to Jim Cornette, and check that out, because that was pretty epic. And uh, now we'll go right to Chris Berman for this week's edition of the SI Media Podcast. All right, joining me now, ESPN icon, who's still with the company in a little bit of a different role than we've known over the many years, and he is Chris Berman, and he is in Hawaii. Chris, how you doing there in Hawaii? Aloha. It's, it's always great to be here, but, uh, you know, we're... We're talking sports, and that's always great, too. So everything is under control. Happy summer to you. Thank you. So are you living in Hawaii these days? No, 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 part-time. Part-time? Part-time. Yeah. And what, Connecticut what, most of the time. Give me a little sense. Uh, what is it like to be a big sports fan in Hawaii in terms of with the time differences? Like, when are you watching baseball? When are you watching the tennis, the soccer? Well, or if you are. I, I, <laughs> my first, I mean, we, I've been coming here, my family, we've been coming here forever. Um, but in specifics, uh, come the last 10 or 12 Julys, this was even while I was still doing full-time football and everything else. So the British Open, if you want to watch a good part of the final round, that's the most eye-opening because Hawaii is, is um, Maui, you know, Hawaii is six hours from New York and so add five more to the British Open. So <laughs> the, <laughs> sometimes... Before you go to bed Wednesday night, if you're up at midnight, you can check the the first round scores <laughs> of the British Open. Um, and for example, I said, "Geez, oh, Graham McDowell, he's three under through 15." You know, time to go to bed. It's midnight, <laughs> but but it's 11 a.m. tomorrow already. And I was thinking, boy, is the Swami? If you could have tomorrow's paper, right. <laughs> oh my God, what a percentage you'd have! So. I mean, I, this was only a couple of weeks last year, the first time that I was here during football season. But I know for a fact that in the summer, before the time changes, Hawaii does not change their clocks. Right. Um, way too busy here to do that. And so, <laughs> so um, the games start at 7, football, uh, A. And wow. our show... Countdown on the right. old days game day, but let's just say when it was two hours, yep. I, I would hear from people like, hey, great tie you've got on. And I'm waiting, wait a minute, <laughs> that's a 5.30 a.m. comment. Yep. You know, why are you up watching, I mean, at least at least kind of make your coffee for kickoff. I don't expect <laughs> to. It, it, it's just different. But yeah. even the West Coast games are final uh, baseball night games um, by eight. Interesting. Yeah, Different. definitely. I know I'm a New Yorker my whole life, and I know a lot of people say that the West Coast is is the best for being a sports fan. But, you know, I used to do Vegas um, every year for the NCAA tournament. I, I didn't like 9 o'clock start times. That's just me. I don't know. I, I like sort of the 
one o'clock kickoff here on the East Coast for the NFL. I know people love having their late afternoon or night free during a football Sunday, but I, I prefer the East Coast. But that's just me. Well, no, we're used to it. Yeah. Um, yeah, you build all day. You know, you get a half a day to get revved up for a one o'clock game. Yep. You know, you're not racing. Um, but they're quite used to it. I mean, you know, football, they can watch if you want to give up the Sunday night game. You know, you can watch a doubleheader um, and play golf in the afternoon. Right, right. <laughs> whatever it is, there's that's, a plus. That definitely you know appeals. I mean? Yeah, that appeals to a lot of people, that's for sure. Whatever the hours are, you make oh, yeah. it work for you. Um, I'll tell you what. Now, my brother uh, lives in, in, in Sun Valley, Idaho, so mountain time, right? And he... He, you know, a little later in life, I don't mean that he's so old now, he's younger than me, but, you know, I'm making it to the end of the of the Monday night games, Chris, but how do you guys do this in the oh, East? Yeah, Especially yeah. back in the old days when yeah. with Cosell and everybody was 9 p.m., right? So yeah. how do you do that? So there is a plus on the night game side for sure to be earlier, yeah. if you will. Yeah. You know what I mean? Now, six hours earlier, I don't know. Right. You know, but... Two, three, four, three hours earlier, West Coast, when the football games might start at five thirty, and you know you're not you're not exhausted the next morning going to work. That's okay. Yeah, you you mentioned Cosell. You mentioned Monday Night Football. Uh, last year was your first year not doing countdown for ESPN. How, how much did you miss it? Well, I, I missed the action. Uh, I missed my teammates. I obviously missed, um, I'm very close with a lot of coaches, let's say GMs, and in a given week I talked to quite a bit of them, but I'm not going to waste my very good friends I talked to, and I still will check in with all of them, but a lot of it was to get information, which I you know, sat on and, and disseminated when the time was right, but I'm not going to, so I didn't make all those calls. It was you know, like a community you were in, you're not out of it, but you're not, is actively involved in it. Now, that right. being said, and by the way, I love the grind. Uh, I don't mean to say it's a grind like we're in a coal mine or, or building automobiles. I don't mean to say that at all. Right. I mean, it was a, each day was a, it's a privilege and a joy to go to work. Um, but a year not doing it, um, you know, football Sundays uh, were, and Mondays were, by the end of the year, you're 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 actually tired again. It's from what you love to do, and it's I we didn't I didn't miss part of the ground. I loved it, respected it, could still do that, um, but I didn't mind being out of the circle of the grind. It was it was an interesting it was it was an interesting observation. You're having yeah. lived it for almost forty years. Right, right, and I'm curious. I mean. We're still here in early July, so we don't have that that taste of NFL quite yet in our mouths. I, I think in another three, four weeks we'll have it. Camps will be open. Do you think you're going to have that same feeling, or do you think there could be an itch there? I mean, I know you have that contract with ESPN in, in the um, emeritus role, but is it something you could see yourself maybe trying to get back into, or do you th- or do you seem content with not being in the grind, as you say? Well, I mean, I could see doing it if yeah. it was, but but I, 
I experienced other things in life. And, and of course, I, we had a tragedy last year, too, so that was not the most important adjustment I was going to make. Right. You know, my, my wife, Kathy, passed in a car crash yep. on May 9th. So, so it was, that was adjustment, too, professional. So I, it's hard for me to take each one in an individual test tube, if you will. Right. Uh, Jimmy's pretty good. But, no, but the question, uh, to answer your specific question, um, I, I'm... Look, I'm still going to hit a couple training camps. I'm still going to be in touch. Um, but last year, the season started, and I was playing golf in Ireland. I didn't go there to escape. Oh, my God, I'll never survive. It's football Sunday. You're not doing it. That's when this trip came. I, I, I think I'm going to go see the Ryder Cup in Paris. Mm-hmm. Um, I speak French. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm a big golf fan. Um, and that's week four of football. Well, not saying that I prefer it. That's to say, like, what would you rather do? But right. you have this time. Go do it. Right. You know? Absolutely. So there's other things. And I am 63. It's okay. So I'm I'm not idle. I don't sit wistfully and, 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 and I wish I was still doing it in that way. But there's a part of me that says, wow, this is still kind of an out-of-body experience. You're watching right. the show you used to do. Uh, since it was invented, you know, on ESPN. So well, that was. This will be some more. Actually, I, 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 to not to belabor it. I will. You know, because of all the adjustment last year, year two will be another observation for me. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I'm yeah. going to feel, but I'm. Uh, yeah, because I'm okay I, with it. I'm, I, I'm at peace with all of it. I, I thought it was interesting. I thought when they they moved you to that new role, it was interesting from the standpoint. And I, I don't want to put you in a tough spot, but I'll you know you could not answer it, answer it. But I thought it was interesting because, like you said, you are only 63 years old. That is not you know Marv Albert's doing games at 75, and you know here in New York we have John Sterling who just turned 80. I mean, 63 is not old in broadcasting terms. Now the business, of course, is younger, younger, younger. And what's interesting about it is they revamped the pregame show and went with a younger cast, and then the ratings were not nearly as good as they were with you and and the older, you know, Tom Jackson, et cetera. So it, it's interesting how television sort of works and that all worked out. And I, the reason I bring it up is, like I said, you're only 63, and you're always going to be known as the ESPN guy, but with so many outlets now doing NFL, you have the NFL Network, for instance. I think there were rumblings about maybe you going there at one point years ago, but Everyone, you know, Fox has it, NBC has it, CBS has it. It's not like there aren't opportunities there if you ever decided to, you know, wanted to get back into it. Well, to do football and really to be anywhere else, I mean, if you read my bio, which has been the same quote for a long time, you know, I would like to retire with the team that I came in with. You know, I'd like to be Cal Ripken or, or. you know, Walter Payton, the late Walter Payton, for that. and that's in my body. I mean, I've said that for 20 years. So I have a rare opportunity. I, I couldn't see doing it anywhere else. I, 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 didn't, I could see doing it, but, but nowhere else. Okay. And, you know, look, these guys on the show and the ladies, and it's certainly everyone behind the scenes, I'm quite in touch with our producers. I, I give uh, not so much pointers, but, hey, here's how I see it, if I can, you know, Here's what I would do, and this and that, and, and not um, overly much, right. but um, I'm still very close. I root for six, nothing but success for for Countdown, and for these are my guys, these are my teammates. So everyone on there, all the analysts, uh, other than Rex, you know, Randy Moss is going in the Hall of Fame, uh, uh, Charles Woodson, Matt Hasselbeck, they were all 
new my final year. I feel like, hey, look, I feel like it's it's family and always will be. So I, you don't root against family, you right? Don't do it, right? And and in fairness, I mean, ratings were down for the show with the new cast, but you know, I, I'm curious how you what your thoughts are on the business because it does seem we're in a day and age now where. The pregame show is not what it used to be in terms of viewership. Everything is so fractured. People are uh, using the internet before games. Fantasy is a big thing before games. Um, you know, the, the days that I remember as a kid that I loved where it was, you know, CBS and NBC or Fox and CBS and ESPN and that was it. And, you know, it was a big deal. Obviously, the industry has changed a lot. Um, do you think, you know, with everything being splintered, that that's a good thing. That's a bad thing. You, do you prefer the old old school way where it was more limited, or or do you like this sort of? It's wide open, and there's so many different things to do before the games start on a Sunday. Well, I mean, look, technology. I mean, it, it's hard to stop progress, right? So that's right. the way it's going, whether we preferred the old way or not. I mean, you're going to get squashed like a tank would roll over you. I mean, <laughs> but so. Were I the, the, the change that that I would have to make in my head, and that you never did a show for ratings like I, and and not the question you asked, but did, well, are you hoping that Fox or those guys have a bad? They said they're all my friends. Yeah. Our job is to throw. My job is to throw the touchdowns, you know. And if others are scoring, good for them. And so, um, but look, when we when I did baseball, I did a baseball game, Jimmy, every week for over a decade on yep. ESPN. People mm. f- forget that. I'm, I'm only saying it because let's say that was 30 a year, right? A weekly game, which is not like a local announcer, but it's not nothing, right? Right. So I did, you never expected to have someone as a viewer for almost the whole, let's say three hours, right? Or two and a half hours, uh, baseball, three hours, right? Right. So you had to adjust that our goal is to, when they come through, surfing if they're not looking for our game maybe hold them for an extra inning or two because we're giving them a nice product and then they're going to move along anyway so Mm -hmm. you never tried but with football you figured geez why wouldn't they just turn us on and hang with us i think as the realist if you're in our chair my chair is that they're not well of course countdown went back to three hours which it should be two but that's neither here nor there i did a three-hour show also you're never going to get everybody for three hours. Right. How much can you get them for two hours? We have to downgrade our expectations for how long people will stay. The goal is they're going through. You give them an interesting segment. I can't wait to see what they got in the next segment. I'm going to hang with them for a while. You'd have to change the way we used to think in the late 80s, 90s, and even 2000s. And mm-hmm. we have a chance to hang, have this person for almost the whole show. Well, now you don't. So don't get hung up about it. Just um, make them want more and not go away the first time you go to a commercial. You know what I mean? Right. And so whatever the numbers are, the numbers are. It, it's different, but I do think we've overanalyzed things like, well, no one needs Highlight Sports Center. You see them on your phone. True. Uh, no one needs to. But there are a lot of people that don't live, that actually work, you know, and, and other than their home team, and maybe one or two others, Sunday morning, our goal is to get those folks that haven't dialed in on the other 27 teams, for argument's sake, right? get them ready for the day. And if that's a decreased number from when it was in 1998, for example, so be it. 
But there are many that, you know what, I haven't had a chance all week. I've had this, that, the other thing. So give me an hour, your best hour that I can watch and get me ready for the day. And you must assume, same with sports. I've seen, you could see a highlight of a great catch or this, but not in context of the game and when it happened. And every now and then it's good to sit down and, and get to a gathering place for, okay, what really, it's like reading the whole paper, not just the, the headlines. Mm-hmm. And I do believe there is a need for it, but less so, to your point, because there's 8 million outlets, right. and it's in your pocket. It's not even, well, let me go in and turn on the set. It, it, you can't fight that one, but there is still a need for the shows that we do, I think, and, and you and I remember, um, if not the old, old days, the, the old days. I still think there will always be a need for them, just not, well, I can't get it anywhere else. Right. You're not going to fight that. <clears throat> Speaking of the old days, I want to talk about primetime, but before I do, since we're on technology here, I'm just curious. Are you a tech guy? Or do, you, do you watch games? Oh, God, on your, no. Do you have an iPhone? Yeah, I, I can I can do, function on the phone. Do you yeah, ever do you ever watch a game on your phone? No, God no. no. Do you get do you check your, do you get scores on your phone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Um you know, you absolutely. Okay. Um th- yes, that that uh, although I still get three newspapers a day, you okay. know. Um but I'll wake up in the morning and see how the Giants did last night right. in San Francisco so you, my team. And you that, check, that, right. that yes, I do, but as far as other stuff I don't do any of it. It makes my life more <laughs> cluttered. I'm, I'm, you, I made a stand 15 years ago that I wouldn't do a lot of this stuff, and I've never changed. Do you ever, do you ever listen I don't, to... I don't fault people to do. I won't be insulted if you say no. Do you ever listen to podcasts? No. Okay. All but right. then again, I don't do any of the Twitter or any of it. I don't... I don't... Will we, I really don't email. Will, so we ever see you on, will we ever see you on Twitter? No. Oh, God, no. Never. It's a waste of time. Okay. No. All right. It is usually. No, I mean, not 100% <laughs> waste of time. I right, mean, right. get information on it. Right. And that I could see on my phone sometimes, you know, but no. I, no. I'm on there and I strongly recommend to people that they don't join. Nothing but trouble. No, I Nothing wouldn't. but trouble. There's no way I would ever do it. I <laughs> right. don't. I mean, nah. <laughs> nah. Nah. I mentioned primetime. I, I have said this many times on Twitter since we mentioned it, and I've written That's this... That's fine. Twitter, right. I don't fault anyone for doing No, no, it. I understand. I understand. I'm saying I have said this many times on Twitter, and I've written this many, many times on SI.com. NFL primetime, for me, is the single greatest studio show in the history of sports television. Well, that's very kind. And you know. I, I, I still believe that. You did that show from 1987 to 2006. Now, this is where, you know, now in the SI.com office, we have mainly a lot of younger people, so I'm sort of an older person there. And I'm, and I'm always harping on the fact that people don't understand what it, what the NFL was like before direct TV and Sunday ticket NFL primetime was so damn important and people don't realize it because you only had, you know, you had a CBS game and an NBC game or Fox after, you know, that whole thing switched and primetime was must see television. And I want to, I know you had that famous quote in the James Andrew Miller book, um, about ESPN when you said losing NFL primetime was a fuck-up of the 10th magnitude in terms of if, if, for ESPN when NBC got the Sunday Night Packers. So uh, two things. When you were doing primetime, did you realize how important that show was and then losing it, was that in your professional career, was that sort of a low point in your professional career when they lost it? 
Well, number two, first of all, I wouldn't say a low point, but it was... The saddest I mean, point, all maybe. The things I ever did in almost 40 years at ESPN, I would put that at the top. Um, let me also preface the following and say, if Tommy and I weren't doing it, I would have watched it every week. Right. The reason being, and again, you know the answer, but there are many people listening to this. We got three games. You got you got uh, two. You know, two. You got three games on your TV. Right, like maybe two of them at four o'clock, maybe one of them at one, or vice versa. Right. And you had no idea what, but you're a big football fan. Now they cut in, and you know, here's a, a 90 yard run by Barry Sanders, right? Like you saw that at some point during the day. But boy, that Lions Vikings game, 45 42, was out of control. Here's five minutes. And if you're a football fan, you had to see it. Not because I were, or, or Tommy and I were doing it, but you had to see it because it was tomorrow's paper. But it was also, it wasn't just the halftime shows of the other networks, which, you know, you only have that amount of time, Jimmy. Um, here was the run in the mud on third and three with a minute to go. Right in a two-point game that was five yards and got the first down, and that clinched it. We could show that, too. This really wasn't only here's an unbelievable run right. or a pass or whatever or a 63-yard field, you know, whatever it is. So that show, and the beauty of it was it was pretty much like doing a game. Yeah. It, I mean, it, it wasn't scripted at all. Well. Uh, not at all. Yeah. I mean, now uh, I knew that in the first section we'd have, uh, you know, Patriots-Dolphins. I'm making it up. Uh, and in the second section, let's go to the, the, the black and blue division. So here's here's Lions-Vikings and Bears-Packers. And, and you had that. And you had these shot sheets from the early game, and sometimes you'd, get, you'd usually get to see those highlights. Sometimes I'd send them back to the kitchen. Because, you know, my God, you got to put this in or, you know, this isn't enough time for this or whatever. But all the late games ended while we were already on the air. Right. From 7.30 to 8.30. Well, they were ending or we certainly didn't see them. Right. And Tommy Jackson was just such a consummate pro and he's one of my best friends. And uh, there are many others whose names you'll never know behind the scenes that were just as important on the show as we were. But we felt. Like, we were speaking to an entire community of not only football fans, which we felt it our duty to show Arizona and Seattle had an unbelievable game. Here it is. But we also felt we were speaking, and I've been validated on this thousands of times, to the football community. I mean, to this day, Bill Belichick will tell me, you know, I remember as a, as a Giants assistant, and we played at 1 o'clock, and sitting around at home at 7.30, with our family and our young kids, and we'd all watch the show. Yeah. Like he, you know, mm. Don Shula told me, this is early. You know, I won't miss the show. I said, well, coach, he goes, I use it as a coaching tool. I said, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> you guys, you know, you <laughs> learn from Paul Brown, for Christ's sake. I mean, you, you, you don't, I mean, you have video much, you know, we're just showing TV. It's not 11 on 11 and the stuff. He goes, no, no, I know, Chris. He goes, but let's say... This is a year we're playing the NFC East. I haven't seen him in four years, you know, with the Dolphins. 
he'd say about a month out, I'd start paying attention to when you'd show the Giants, for example. Okay. And sometimes it would give me some notes to have my guys, you know what, when we get within two weeks, check. I'm totally making this up. Check uh, all the reversers that they run. He goes, I will pick up a thing or two by watching. I said, wow, now you've told me something. If Don Shula, who's one more game than anybody else, is watching our show to get a coaching edge, then we must be doing something right, right? Well, here was here was the thing about your show. You I, and I think this is what's lost on people today who don't. You were allowed to show a significant amount of highlights for a significant amount of time know, in that hour. Yeah, our deal was if we didn't have a commercial, and you, you could show sixty minutes. Right. I mean, invariably we showed thirty-three. Wow, that's unheard of. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that hour, because we had Sunday Night Football, that was invented by Steve Bornstein and Pete Rozell. Steve right. was our, wasn't yet our president then, but he was our, our guy for years and years. But he and Pete Rozell concocted that show. And um, what a great way to go into a Sunday night game. Like, that's a, a it unique perfect, pregame yeah. show. Yeah. And you, so, sell, you sell yourself short about... Uh, you'd watch it with anybody. Yeah, we'd watch it with anybody, but you and Tom had amazing chemistry, played so well. And even with the third person there, I know it rotated, Robin Roberts, Stuart Scott. There was always great chemistry. And, you know, it was just the the music, the highlights. And then, like you said, I've always said doing those highlights is not easy. You would go, 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 go. Never a stutter, never never a, a mishap. And it, I always thought it was a very underrated, tough job to do those highlights on that show. Well, they were live. Right. I mean, we didn't. <laughs> I wouldn't say never a stutter or never a misstep, but I they were live, <laughs> right. and so like a player, you got up for it. You couldn't take thirty seconds off on that show, but we were so juiced. It was it was my the pinnacle of of being a quarterback, you know, yeah. uh, at least in in our business, and you know what is still and will always be because to your point, all the changes and. There's 8,000 channels now, not back in our day, 36 or 60 or whatever the number was, right? right? So it's the highest rated weekly sports studio show of all time on cable. There were, wow. Jimmy, there were, wow. we got in the mid fives wow. on, on yeah. some shows and averaged for some of the years in the late 90s, I want to say. I don't mean like necessarily 1980, late, late 90s yeah. and early 2000s. We, our average for the year was a four seven. That's great. Now, and that did not include the rear at midnight, which was West Coast nine. Uh, yes, I remember. We got yeah. twos. Yeah, twos. Yeah, we, it, we we taped it. It was five hours ago, and the three a.m. rear, <laughs> which got in the ones because that's midnight on the West Coast. Right in the ones. I know that to your average listener here, that doesn't mean much, but... It's a big number. We, the the midnight mi- re-air and the twos, we don't get a two for Sunday Night Baseball. I'm not knocking our no, no, yeah. I'm just saying that's so to put... We get like a seven or a seven and a half sometimes if you added those three shows up. You know, by the time the sun came up the next morning, that's pretty good. I had f- completely forgotten they used to re-air that. I remember it now that you said it, but yeah, that's that is true. Give me, 
I, I know you're going to say the relationships, and especially I know you, you have that bond with Tom Jackson, but give me, give me your favorite memory of the show, something on air, something that happened, not a relationship type thing, but something, whether it was a mishap, whether it was a, a crazy finish, something. You're, if I said, give me a top memory of Chris Berman from primetime, what would you oh, say? Oh, wow. Uh, I mean, <laughs> mishaps sometimes, I mean, they... Uh, I, you know, I, I'm trying to give you a specific late highlight that we never saw. Now, we have the games on and watching with one eye, even though we're doing a highlight, and let's say the, the, um, the 49ers are coming down to the wire with three minutes to go, and we're on the air, and they got, you know, they're still on, and we have it in the, a monitor in the studio. You're trying to keep an eye on it while you're doing a highlight, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, it was <laughs> it's just uh, well. The show was in a, a couple of buildings over, even though we didn't have that many then. But it was, and I'd always tried it. We could only watch. We only had a war room where it was one room where you could watch all these games. You know, it wasn't right. like now where they're all direct TV. They, they, you, you so. And I'd stay as close to the end as possible. I've lived my life in a hurry. I wrote my term papers for history at Brown at the end of, you know, right before they were due, and there were 40 pages. That's the way I live. And <laughs> there's a couple of stories like this, but I'll, I'll give you a shorter version. So it's, you know, at 724, I start my way over. And Tom always got to the studio early and, and et cetera, and, one time, the, a couple times, the theme song came on already. We had like a 30-second intro to the show. I'm not, I'm just coming in the door like, oh, my God. And I didn't have time to wire up, and I held that little clip mic that you put on the tie. Right. Like, you, the old, like you would hold like the big stick mic, right? And I welcomed everyone to the show, blah, blah, blah. And this was a little classic. We'd always, I'd always say, if they only knew. You know, and I didn't even have time to put the, the thing on. Right. One time, there was a backdoor entrance to it, and it involved going outside, but cutting off two minutes of your travel. But it was starting to rain, which I didn't know. And now it's 7.28, and <laughs> the camera guys always left a little wedge in the door so I could get in. Right. And some new security guard had removed it. Uh-oh. And it's 7.28, and it's raining, and it's dark, <laughs> and no one's out there. And you can't hear if you pound on the door. It, 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 you couldn't. I'm pounding on it. <laughs> now I'm not going to make the start of the show. I mean, I'm not. And one of the, the camera guys was smart enough to know, you know, that he usually comes in by now. Right. And he saw that the wedge was out of there. And I came in, like, wet, you know. Oh, my uh, <laughs> Did you go on the air as like the theme, that? As the theme song was on, right, and that was a good chuckle before we even got going. Did so, you get? So were you on the air soaking wet? No, I wouldn't say it was a downpour. Okay. But it was not. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. It was not. You know, in the makeup chair for twenty minutes. Right, right, that, right. <laughs> so I mean, but that's how the show started. Right, right. You did the whole thing like that's great. Okay, and then boom, you're on. I mean, there's been, and there are many others like that, but yeah. Tommy was just so kind. I mean, he, 
we just completed each other's sentences, and, and I'm, I'm forever grateful to him and, and to everybody behind the scenes names, again, that I could start to mention, but I'll leave some out. And, and everyone cutting the highlight, I, I think that they felt like this was the, the, the pinnacle of their career as they were at that moment, maybe, you know, social right. producers or whatever. And, and it was a real chemistry thing, and we really felt proud almost every night when we got done with it, even though especially in the early days, our director, we'd, I said, you know, you and me, we're, 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 we're like the hockey goalies here. You know, they, we're trying to keep the puck in front of us. And there'd be one show where I might have made a few screw-ups or the tape didn't, whatever. We'd go to the break and I'd get in my ear, I think they got one by us. <laughs> <laughs> but it was the, the energy to do the show and the, I sweat it through my shirt even in the middle of the winter. So. <laughs> well, and, I, and that's the thing when it... You know, I, I mentioned that quote you had in the James Andrew Miller book about losing it when NBC got their Sunday night package. At the time, I I totally agreed with your sentiment. I mean, ESPN losing that show was, was I thought, terrible for the sports fan. I wonder now, though, I mean, could that show... Could that show the way it was, let's say, let's say it ended in, let's say that show the way it was in 99, 2000, 2001, could that still go on today, do you think, or now because of the DirecTV, the Red Zone and all that, it still, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be what it was? Well, it wouldn't be as, quote, necessary because you see all, to your point, you you can see stuff. Yeah. Um, But, to our earlier discussion, would it get fives? No. But what a football fan who can't get enough on a Sunday. I mean, we, we keep thinking yeah. we're going to see the ceiling, and we don't, right? Right. So could a football fan still enjoy, all right, now give me the day in an hour. Because there's lots of stuff in there, again, the context of the game that you, you still haven't gotten. And I understand that, you know, here's fantasy football, this and that, and a lot of it's individual stats and this and that. But, yes, the show would exist. I still think it would be enjoyed very much. Um, You know, we do that show in the playoffs because there's only a couple games each day, right? And and Tommy and I actually did the championship game show last year, which was a lot of fun. Um, And hope to do it again this year. Uh, And... But that's just two games, and that's post-game reaction and this and that. Uh, remember, we also were getting whatever might be an interesting post-game reaction from somebody and rolling it in as well, although yeah. not a lot back then. It was 20, you know, it was different. But yeah. I still think the show would be, if not vital, Jimmy, um, enjoyable and still, to a lesser degree, appointment viewing. Don't you agree? I, I agree I do agree. Here's what, but I think it's happened though. What's different, I think, about the NFL now than when primetime was on is those later games now, they used to be four, four o'clock. Now they're 425. Those right. games now go so late. I yeah. never, ever, ever, ever watch the NBC pregame show, highlight show, whatever they got going on, because I need that window from when the 425 game ends to when the 8.30, 8.25, whatever that NBC start time is. I need that window to go get dinner and get ready for work the next day. So yeah. it, when you guys were doing primetime, those games ended at about 7 o'clock. Now those games almost go to 8 o'clock, those 4.25 games. Well, that's true. I, I didn't think of it that way. But yeah. now, now this, and I'm not knocking NBC at all. However, you may not know this. 
they have the rights to do it. We did, you know. Yes, when I they did, got yeah. Sunday Night Football and we went to Monday, they got the rights to, and no one else. I guess the NFL Network can in that time span, but that's why we had the Blitz, if you will, right? Um, which was, but we were limited to total time we could use on Sports Center. That's why Tommy and I then, for the next ten years, did four or five games two-minute highlight-ish. I, I think the number might not have been six minutes, might have been eight or nine total, but surely wasn't 60, right? Right. So NBC has the rights to do that. Yeah. Uh, they chose not to. They chose not to the very next year that they did that. I'm not faulting them for what they tried to accomplish or trying or have, and, and good, bad, the other, but in 2007, when they had Sunday Night Football, they could have done exactly that. And they chose to do a different show. They still have the rights yeah. to do now, it. I know you said earlier, you know, you're friends with the Fox guys, you're friends with the CBS guys. But when, when, when NBC sort of made that demand on the NFL to get all the highlights for Sunday night and sort of they put the, the fork into prime time, were you bitter at all towards Dick Embersall or it, was just, it wasn't personal, it's just business? No. First of all, Dick and I are great friends. Okay. Of, of all the other networks, he and I are the best friends, other you know, other than my own. I mean, a friend is a friend. He and I are very close. He told me for years, that's the greatest thing in sports TV. So it didn't surprise me that because he said, I mean, I, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but right. he said, we can't have that going on opposite our new pregame show, which we've never had before. But he had, for years, had told me what a fan he was, and he never missed it. Look, Dick and I, Dick was a big reason, uh, along with David Fay of the USGA, why I started calling the early rounds of the U.S. Open golf. I mean, so Dick, that Dick was no, we love him on not our air, but it was you know it was NBC's production guy. So no, there was no I don't look. We had no control. I had no control over it anyway. Right. Um, that was those were games, as we say, Jimmy played on a, on a higher level, right? Yeah. So now he came to the table with it, and I don't think we were prepared for that ask from them. It was almost a done deal. I don't know that we did our due diligence to somehow try to protect it. Right. And in the end, would we? He may not have made his deal without we have to have the right. He just didn't want to go head-to-head with us yeah. with a new pregame show, and I, that that actually is a, is a pretty big attaboy professionally, isn't it, even though yeah. Yeah. I no longer could do the show, or we could no longer do the show. Yeah, I, I don't blame him for not wanting to go head to head with that. If you, I know you've given me a lot of time so far. If you don't mind, I just have a few more. Um, if you don't mind chatting for a little bit, okay. Um, uh, do you get tired of talking about the nicknames? No, because okay. the, 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 because <laughs> people love them. All right. And they were unique at the time. Not not original. I mean, Babe Ruth. I can't take credit for that. Right. Okay? <laughs> so. Um, I, no, it was it was again. Go keep going. Go no, no, I had read something, and I want to I want to confirm whether it was true or not. Um, in back, this is way back, 1985. You had an executive producer on SportsCenter tell you you cannot use the nicknames. <laughs> uh, he fought the law, and the law won. How, now, um, tell me how, what happened there. Give me that whole story. Well, not sure why he was guided that way because. Uh, the nicknames are kind of, uh, you didn't really have to know the player or the position of the team to get them. Well, you know, they're based on life or rock and roll or food or, 
I mean, they're a play on the words, right? Right. So when when you have Burt be home by 11, you could have someone that might be watching the show that's not riveted as a baseball fan who wouldn't know Burt by 11 was a pitcher or it was the Pirates or what have you. But be home by 11, well, now every parent said it, every kid's heard it, right? So you don't – doesn't need an explanation baseball-wise. You don't have to know that he had a great curveball. So this was late in the season in 85, and now you can't do those anymore. First of all, it's like September 10th, so <laughs> if you're smart, you you wouldn't eliminate them till like November, you know what I mean? Right. And then no one would notice. Right. And I'm not saying, you know, and each reason he gave didn't make sense. But again, I'm just a young kid. I mean, I'm only 30. And people loved him. The players loved him. Because um, none of them were derogatory. Right. Uh, they may not all have been genius, but, but you know, then again, what is? And uh, you can't do it. And... I said, I don't, I, the only thing I said to him was after that, I don't think you understand what the people feel about this. But what was his reasoning? The people serving business. What was his reasoning for trying to shut it down? I don't, I don't know. Okay. Maybe I was getting too much notoriety. I I don't know. I I didn't do it for that reason though. I did it because I was on at three in the morning doing a Seattle Kansas City highlight <laughs> with no pictures, and it said five to two, and I had two minutes. Well, you got to do something, right? right? It's entertainment. So um, he did it, and then, and again, at eighty-five, we weren't everywhere. I mean, ESPN was not what you think now, or even what it was in ninety-five. And I remember I was very good friends. The players are my age. One of the biggest fans of the nicknames was George Brett, Hall of Famer. I mean, great guy, great player. Um, and they were going to the postseason. And I called him to wish him luck with a week to go or whatever it was. Good luck. We'll be rooting for you. I don't know if I'll get to the World Series. And I don't cover that. Da, 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 da. Oh, by the way, you know, I can't do the nicknames anymore. And he exploded over the phone, you know. And so I said, well, don't worry about it, you know, whatever. And now I was not there at game one. Kansas City played Toronto. And I guess all the news media gathered around him, at, you know, the workout the day before because he's George Brett, right? Mm-hmm. And and George Grant went up to him, one of the great people and our early anchors, mm-hmm. one of our baseball guys, and uh, the baseball guy along with Lou Palmer then. And... He said, George, can I get you? And he said, wait a minute, hold on. And he unloads. Not a George Grant person. What is your management doing? I'm not going to watch ESPN anymore. They've told my guy he can't do nicknames. And among those in the circle was Rudy Marsky, who hadn't been aware, because it's not announced, right, right. Jimmy? That right. He's not doing them anymore. I mean, that would be stupid, right? Right. So... That got written up about eight places the next day. Wow. And I am told that in the 80s now, that the mail that came when people heard about it was unprecedented at that time. I'm not saying that meant my stuff was great or this, but the people cared that much that they showered ESPN with letters in 1985. And next season, they were back. 
<laughs> he was gone. By well, the way. I, yeah, I had, I had a feeling that story would end with him being gone. Well, that wasn't my goal. No, no, I know, I know. But when just doing sports, right. I'm just a 30 year old guy. Well, that's the whole point. I mean, I, I think, and this is, you know, I think every network takes sports way too seriously. And then you have something like the nicknames, which is pretty much what sports should be about. And then someone's trying to shut it down. So I went, I'm not surprised that person maybe did not last in that role. That's well, it was. <laughs> I mean, obviously there was more to it than that, but that was symbolic of. Yeah. And that's who we are. Not that, that that Bob Lee doesn't do sports the way I do. He does it the way he is, and he's. I mean, I hold him in the utmost uh, uh, respect. Um, uh, he is who he is, and I am who I am. We're on every night. At least we were then. Yeah. And if you're not doing it the way who you are, then you're an actress or an actor, right? Right. right. So now it doesn't mean that everyone likes it. That's fine. Not everybody likes a hamburger or a chocolate ice cream or things we think are, you know, everybody should like. That's fine. But at least be who you are in real life. Don't be someone else to go on the air. And that's really kind of always the way I approached it. And the nickname was just sort of a microcosm of my enthusiasm and have fun with. And most of the players loved them and the viewers seemed to love them. And they're over a thousand. And, and it was something that when you're on every night doing sports center, and like I said, half the games didn't have pictures. The games weren't on that night. You know, the Royals weren't on on a Wednesday night on TV. In, in 1982 or 1985, right. and so embellish a little, have fun. <laughs> that's what I, have, that's what yeah. I did. Oh, you, you meant you just you, since you just said about being yourself and being true to yourself, it, it, you do you you did have you do have your share of critics, like every public figure, everybody on television, especially in sports, everyone has opinions on announcers. Um, did you ever pay attention to the critics? Do you care about the critics? Um, how do you deal with that? Well, a lot of the recent critics never saw where I came from, meaning this is what he's always done. Now, um, I, I, do I care about him in, in some way? Because if the criticism is valid, you know what? They're right. I'm too loud too often or whatever. But he's doing the same shtick. Well, no, not really. There's different games. There's different players. I'm doing it the way I would hope anyone would go about their job, whether they're a bricklayer or a uh, or a sportscaster, the best way that I know how. And I feel that I spoke to a generation or two. Well, by the way, I get stopped by 12-year-olds all the time because wow. enthusiasm, I think, is infectious, whether you're laying a brick or doing a sportscasting. And um, from what I can tell from daily walk of life. Um, the critics, which seemed to be a loud, or was a loud noise, although it's old news now, um, that's much more of a minority than, than it's led to believe, at least by people stopping me. But that, again, well, I, you don't like it. You can turn yeah. the channel. It, it's okay. You know, and yeah. You don't expect everybody to like buy a red car as opposed to a blue one, you know? Right. Well, there's uh, also there's also a difference between, I mean, there is the internet critics and then there's the real life critics. Um, you know, I had I had Scott Van Pelt on 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 the podcast a few several months ago and he brought up how um, you know, no one's ever come up to him and been anything but nice. He's never, you know, but on Twitter or on the internet, you know, he'll he'll take some heat and Scott's a pretty neutral guy. Um, so 
I think by you not being on Twitter and the internet, I think every sportscaster should sort of follow that creed because it puts out a lot of the noise that's not really valid. Well, and look, it doesn't mean that, I mean, I remember Joe Torrey told me a long time ago, oh, Chris, don't read. He says, I don't read the paper. Nah, he was aware. I mean, Joe, pretty smart guy now, right? I mean, managing in New York, I mean, you, you have to be different to, yes, they won, but just to survive, you know, heaven forbid the Yankees lose three games in a row in May because the bullpen moves he makes, you know, now all of a sudden he forgot how to manage, right? I mean, first, that's first day here but, in New York, the back page of the Daily News said clueless Joe. That worked yeah, out. That worked out okay. How, how did he do now yeah. that he's gone, right? Yeah. So so, so look, I don't poo-poo it, but as long as any of us do the job to the best of our ability, when a critic and there weren't very many said, "Boy, he's Unprepared. Whoa, 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 whoa. Right. Like, I don't like the nicknames. Fine. Right. He's too loud. Fine. He makes it about himself. False, but you want to write that? Fine. <laughs> but you didn't see me in the 80s and the 90s every night to know that I'm at least true to myself. Like, if you met me on the street, you know, I probably on the air sound pretty much like we've been the last 40 minutes, right? Yeah. So, so I'm not smart enough to be an actor. <laughs> but again, but if everyone says he's unprepared, he's out of touch with, with do, you, do you know who I talk to during the, don't, don't be writing that. And there haven't been a lot of that. Right, People right. smart enough for that. I right? think you I mean, said the ones I've seen. So I, it, yeah, I don't see a lot of unprepared and I, I haven't seen that one. Um, I, I wouldn't, yeah. that, that would be false, yeah. you know. All right, let's get two quick football ones. And I should mention um, ESPN, who was nice enough to help me set up this interview. Um, I should mention that you will be part of the ESPYs next week, July 18th, 8 p.m. ABC. Um, ESPYs is still – I'll be honest. I know they do a nice thing with the Jim Valvano thing. I know you're involved in that. I usually mock the ESPYs just because it's a made-up ESPN thing. So I'll be nice, and I'll just say that um, everyone should tune in if they want to see Chris. The ESPYs on ABC July 18th. You, you still get a kick out of doing the ESPYs? Yeah, it's a, you know why? Again, I go back to the very first one, right? Um, when, you, you know, the football and the baseball and the, the basketball and the start, they don't know each they, they don't, we look at it all as sports, they don't know each other. They're meeting each other for the first time. I, yeah. I kind of like to be a fly on the wall at some and see some of the interaction, not with me, but with you know, guy, guys and women from different sports getting together, and 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 and, and some from showbiz. I will say this about the ESPYs: is that when you watch the show, and some of the things have been the, again in 25 years, and wait till you see this one. I think I'm, I'm not even privy to all the things they're going to do, but but it's pretty meaningful some of the stories that come out that yes. we don't know about they do do but, a lot of feel good stories i have to say yeah, yeah and feel good and or feel bad stories yeah. you know and yeah. really poignant and well done there's it's not all or a polarizing winner or something or something but you know jim kelly's going to go up and accept the, the cancer perseverance award as he Fights it for the third time in his mouth. Right, that'll be an emotional uh, moment for sure, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's not two and a half hours of slapstick. 
it, right. I, I like it. I'm always more impressed walking out of there than I am going into it. Okay. You, you know, so, and I think you will be if you watch. Yeah. I think this one in particular, I have a feeling I, I, I know some of the bigger things that they're planning. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, again, I am a small little part of it. So right. I'm on the pregame show, which with a few things we could do a seven or eight minute highlight of the plays of the year, which that kind of goes back into my pocket yeah. and you'll see me at Canton. Um, I am the MC of Pro Football yes, Hall of Fame, okay. which is a big honor. So I haven't disappeared totally, but sorry, <laughs> you were in the middle of something. You gave a nice promo. Thank you. No, that's okay. <laughs> no, two two quick NFL uh, legalized um, sports betting. What do you think that does to the NFL? You know, I still, and I'm not dodging the question because, needless to say, it's not the first time I've been asked. Right. What does it do to the NFL? Well, okay, that's do you a, think it, it, it will it help viewership? Will it hurt the game at all? Do you, it, it from an integrity standpoint, which I don't think is even feasible. But that you know, there are some people. You know, Roger Goodell. I think he just wants his cut, but uh, he's he's against it. Um, do you think there's any reason to be against it? Are there any negatives to it? I don't think from an, from the way you posed the question, and I haven't answered it this way yet, for the NFL, I don't think there are. Um, not from the NFL standpoint. I mean, look, let's not be foolish. People bet on these games um, or have interest in it in that way. Uh, so as far as, uh-oh, there's going to be more cha- a chance for Fixing, which is the first thing you think about. Now, in college sports, that may be a completely different answer. Somehow, I don't and think I'm Aaron not... Rodgers making $30 million a year is going to fix a game. Right. You know. Well, or even any of them. Right, right exactly. So I don't think so. To the NFL, no, I don't, I don't think it, it, it alters very much um, more than any of the other sports, to be honest with you. Although professional sports with the money, I, I, I you know, would college, I would worry about. Right. I, I, I think socially, look, we know why. I mean, the states, you know, they're, 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 how do we get money? You know, oh my God, this is a new way. I mean, I get it. Um, I'm not as 100% behind it as you might think, being the Swami all these years. I was going to say, how could the Swami be against this? Well, not against <laughs> it, but I, I'm concerned. But I haven't completely thought about it. You would think I would. But again, this is one of those things that you lose prime time. Well, you know, it's out <laughs> of my control. Right. I, I'm concerned that some of the people who will inevitably lose... Right. More money. Some of the people who will be on the losing end of a lot of this are, are the people that can't really afford to be. Right. And you figure out some knowledge rather than a lottery. No knowledge, right? You buy a number and hope. Hope this is well. Hell, I follow the Eagles, so they should crush the Redskins. Right. Yeah. It doesn't work that way. I'm concerned socially that it. I understand. It brings more people into the game that shouldn't be there. I'm not saying that I'm a Pollyanna. I mean, right. Come on now. But uh, I am, but that's a, not the question you asked. The NFL, I don't think it, I don't think it changes very much. Yeah. So, I, don't, I, I don't think it changes really at all, but I understand why they're again. From a social reason, I'm, and that's an overall answer, I'm a little more concerned than you I would got think it. the you, Swami would be. Is that a fair? Very that, fair. At, at least that's a fair. Thought, no, I got accurate. it. 
right? Yeah, I can't knock you for that. So you 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 sound like though you're not a sports wagerer based on that answer. Well, no, I, I'm not. Um, I got my jollies on making five picks a week and hoping they were right. Right. Um, um, once you start paying mortgage, and that was in the early '80s, <laughs> I was done. Yeah, I Makes made sense. my last bet. Forget it. Last I mean, question. And that, yes. I never really was anyway. Yeah. I, I I enjoyed predicting for the sport of it, as odd as that might seem. But boy, I took my pick seriously. You know, if I had a bad year, which we've all had, if you're going to do the Swami for 38 years, you're not going to be 60 percent every year. That's for darn sure, nope. right? Although the last year I was the best that I ever was. No reason. Yeah, I think I was fifty-one and thirty. Like you, you can't do that. You know, I took me thirty-eight years to get that. So I wouldn't count on it the next year as an annuity, though. You know what I mean? I'd kill to go fifty-one and thirty this upcoming season with my wages. Pretty good. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 and I had the Patriots by six, albeit they had to come back from twenty-eight <laughs> to three and they go to overtime. But my final pick ever was Patriots by six over Atlanta. So I, I wouldn't dare. Try to top that anymore, yeah. you know? Yeah, don't sully that going out like that. No. <laughs> That's Elway and Peyton Manning winning the Super Bowl at the end, you know? Last question, and it's a ridiculous question to ask you on July 11th, but I'll do it anyway. Are you predicting a Bills Niners Super Bowl for this season? <laughs> it's been a while since I've done that, although... The Niners, Jimmy I, G, the fever is there for Jimmy G. I know, and, and the Bills made the playoffs. You know, they're the only team in professional sports that hadn't made it in the 21st century. You know that, right? Right. Well, they were the only team in 20, oh, 21st century. Yeah, yeah. The 21st century, they were the only team in the four major sports other than maybe, a, well, Las Vegas almost won the cup in their right. first year. But you know my point, yeah. that, that waited that long. I used to tell Bills fans, we have all century. Don't worry about <laughs> it. But, um <laughs> So it, it's actually a better year than most to pick. I don't know that I'm going to get in the Super Bowl. I did pick them 12 straight years. The beauty of that pick back in the day, Jimmy, was seven straight years, one of the two of them made it. Right. And so by not having to work all August on hmm. on, on, on reading team reports for Scouting. four straight yeah. weeks, I, I already had my pick ready, <laughs> and I was 50%. I thought that was genius, <laughs> right? Very so, good. But they yeah. never played each other. I have a ball, yeah. 92 ball. We always would have the footballs on, on countdown on Championship Sunday. We still do it. The league sends us one of each of the four possibility Super Bowl balls, right? Right. I have a San Francisco versus Buffalo football in my closet. Uh, it was 92. The Cowboys with Alvin Harper beat the 49ers. A candlestick. The Bills got in. Mm-hmm. And so there's the Super Bowl that, that never happened. Yeah. I have it. Um, who do I, I, it's early July. I, I mean, you always want to go against the grain and pick, I I really haven't given the proper thought. Yeah. It's so Um, much can happen still with training camps, injuries. It's, you know, but I I mean, look, do we think the Patriots will be good? Yeah. Uh, do we think the Eagles were a fluke? Not really. Will they have the season like they had? No, because hardly anybody ever does. But I'm just saying that not for a reason that they were flight. I, I, I wasn't surprised them being an underdog every game. I this yeah. the imaginary Swami in the building. Like I said, you're you're on Philly all three times, so I actually would have been right there. <laughs> but um, NFC winner, 
you know, I used to pick Seattle every year the last four or five years, but now probably not. Everyone's going to be on the Rams this year, I think. Yeah, nah. No, I mean, I say nah, but this is a Super Bowl pick, not they're going to be no good. Yeah. There will be Rams. All we know is this, Jimmy, from 38, 39 years of doing football. Every July and August, you look at the 12 teams that made the playoffs last year, right? Right. And for nine of them at least, you go, well, how the hell are they not going to get in? Right. Right? Well, they're in. So, all right, take Buffalo out and put, uh, I'm making it up, Miami in, you know, or uh, some other, uh, the Chargers or somebody, right? Some team that didn't make it, right? So let's substitute, but the other nine are locks, right? There's always at least six, sometimes seven, that don't get back. Yep. Yep. I mean, it's unreal. Go look it up. You'll yep. see, right? Maybe sometimes seven get back, but sometimes only four come back. Yeah. It's it just, it's amazing. And one of them is always the Patriots, right? <laughs> yes, always. So it, it, whatever we think, to your point, I mean, then you roll the dice. Or as I used to tell people when we'd predict and we'd have bad times predicting, that's why the football is not round. <laughs> yeah. If it was round, you could predict. Right. And that's also uh, why the NFL, I think their popularity is what it is. Everyone, a lot of teams have, not everyone. I mean, the Browns aren't winning the Super Bowl. so Right. But you look um, at what the Eagles did last year. No one had them in the Super Bowl before the season. So No. You know. God, no. But... You could see it coming yeah. once the season got going. Certainly, right. nobody had the Rams as a force. Right? Um, you know, you could. It's it, as usual. There are going to be storylines that we couldn't have. Um, you know, there. I mean, there are many. I mean, it's not the question you asked. It's a little early. I'm yeah, going yeah. to have to start. I mean, I picked Seattle since 2012 as my NFC team. Okay. I've played with AFC because New England's too easy to pick, and everybody. I mean, I'm close with that organ but you know i've I've done the chiefs i've 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 done but i'm gonna have to really work on a new nfc that's team. Okay. not that i don't think seattle will be better than they than people think but they're they're not i don't know that i'll pick them yeah. for the super bowl but i just wanted it's, to it's, i just wanted to have right. you talk about bill's niners a little bit that was all but well that was <laughs> and one of the nicest things in my professional career as we wrap here yeah is I didn't get into it expecting to be that close with a lot of the people or that I cover. And that's not to mean that I suck up to them. I mean, the Niners in the 80s, of which I was the exact age of the players, yeah. and pretty close in age to the owner, who was the greatest, Eddie DiBartolo, um, and the Bills of the 90s, or late 80s and 90s, again, I was in my young 30s, and they were in their 20s. To this day, though I was out front with kind of thinking they would be good, which gives me, I look back at my football acumen, and I go, you know, you know, you know more than nothing. But these are, to this day, some of my best friends, and I never got into this business. I would hoping I would I would have the respect of of the people I work with. I would always hope I'd have the respect if you're on TV or you're writing or what have you um, that you would have the respect of your consumers, viewers, readers, what have you. But you hope that you have respect 
in the in the fields that you cover. Mm-hmm. But that being said, and that would be professional respect, you know. But you don't think, well, good, now I'm going to be best friends with all these guys. Right. And I never knew that could happen. And so you bring up Bill's 49ers. I'm in touch with all these guys all the time. Yeah. It's, so it, it was sort of destined you'd be wrapped in with the Niners, I think, cause, and I hope I get this right. There's that great famous clip of you. I think it was the Dwight Clark catch where you're on the field and someone comes in and you sort of give yep. him a little shove out of the way and you're on live TV. That was, it's a great clip that I think, you know, anyone well, my age remembers. It um, was kind of the beginning of my covering football. Yeah. And uh, Dwight, who we just lost tragically to ALS, uh, of all those Niners, was my best friend. Wow. I didn't uh, know that. Other than the owner, Eddie. Yeah. You know. Um, and, and, you know, Jim Kelly of all those Bills. I mean, all the Bills. Oh, my God. I mean, these are my guys. So, but that, the catch, it kind of, it started them. Yep. And you. And me. Yeah. And, and who knew. And football in a larger change, Jimmy, um, uh, you know, that was the, um, um, the Steel, pretty much the Steelers were winning all the Super Bowls in, in Oakland and Miami of the decade before. And football had changed with, offensively with, this, with those Niners. Right, 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 right. And, and who knew that I would be a 20-something-year-old kid right in the middle of it. I didn't plan on any of it if it's it's have been blessed professionally there's no question about it espn was foolish enough to hire me at 24 <laughs> and they're even more foolish at 63 to keep me there so well you know. i'm <laughs> glad they do and i appreciate you giving me all this time and, and coming on the si media podcast and uh i've had a lot of fun hopefully you enjoyed it too well i'm glad you're you're a wonderful consumer and thanks for the homework on it and <laughs> uh and kind words, and I know you know your feelings on prime time were, were long before we did this interview. So uh, oh, I appreciate that. They're the same feelings I have. Yeah. I, I if you say what most do you miss about it, it would be that show. Yeah, you know, me too. Even though I mean I have the Sunday ticket, I get every game. I still miss that show. So, well, enjoy Hawaii, and uh, I'll be back soon yeah. enough. Don't you got you the worry. ESPYS next week? All right, thanks, Chris. I appreciate it. Thanks, Jimmy. Take Aloha. Care. Okay, thanks. All right, my thanks to Chris Berman, legendary ESPN personality. Enjoyed the chat. Hopefully you guys did too. Uh, we will see you next week on the SI Media Podcast. Take care. Do you know about the Locked On Podcast Network? The number one daily sports podcast network. Locked On has a daily podcast on every NBA and NFL team, plus a growing lineup of college and MLB teams. You get a daily bite-sized podcast giving you the latest on your team from the local experts. Lakers fans, search Locked On Lakers. Cowboys fans, search Locked On Cowboys. Just search Locked On, your favorite team, on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, or tell your smart speaker to play podcast Locked On, your favorite team. Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. 
Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in! Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it! Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for The Everyday Guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.